G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. And welcome to the punters, mate. This week it's... uh... Sam Highland here in the chair, filling in for Mark Braybrook, who's uh, having a well-earned rest. Well-earned. Uh, yeah, well, definitely well-earned. He's, uh, <laughs> he, he's, he's the backbone of uh, the punters, mate, oh, isn't for he? sure. Yeah. And Chris Nelson, who is the uh, Queensland star of tipping uh, yeah. right around the country and is uh, always in hot form. So good to be with you today. And Chris, we've got a bit uh, bit on the table to chat about. We have, and uh, look, it's great to have you on board, Sam. And uh, I know Mark would be listening in, and uh, he'd be happy to hear you say that he was the backbone of the show, but we all know that's not true. <laughs> we have got a bit on the show. We're going to have a chat to uh, to Graham Hall. Now, Graham, of course, is a, uh, a greyhound trainer, and he's got this uh, dog, Spotted Elk, going around in the, uh, the Phoenix at the Meadows on Saturday night. $750,000 first prize. I reckon that might change Graham's life. We'll find out a little bit about that. We're going to chat to Trent Edmonds, uh, see where the Herovian's at, plus talk about his runners over the weekend. We've got Scott Cross from CrossBet coming on. We've got plenty of other stuff to talk about, Sam, so really looking forward to the show. Yeah, I think um, there's no doubt, Chris, that this time of year, Queensland is really, um, you know, this this summer carnival has really stamped itself a, a spot uh, in the racing calendar as as you know, it's it's the time to be in Queensland, isn't it? And it's all such a, a big build up to to the grand final in in Magic Millions Day, but it's it works in really well in the calendar, I think. It, it does, and it's got it's got stronger and stronger every single year. It used to just be sort of uh, a week or so, a couple of weeks into the Magic Millions, or just the Magic Millions meeting, and that was it. Now we've got nine weeks. They're nine Saturdays leading into that uh, Magic Millions meeting, which is now a Magic Millions carnival because, of course, they do race on the Saturday prior with the Wave and all the couple of prelude races uh, heading into the Millions. And, look, the last few winners of the Millions have come through that previous Saturday. It's not a, it's not a uh, something that's not done anymore. A lot of the, uh, the runners and the good chances do. So things are warming up. We're only four weeks away. Yeah, that's it. Uh, now, let's have a look back on uh, the week that was. Yeah. Have you got some highlights, yep. uh, Chris? Three? Have you got three highlights from the last week? I've always got three highlights. I mean, it's always hard to narrow these down to three because there's so many highlights up here during the week. Now, Georgie Cartwright, she's a favourite of ours uh, on uh, SEN. She was, of course, uh, well, she came up from Victoria like you and I did. <laughs> and uh, well, I remember her first couple of rides up here. Do you remember one day at Eagle Farm she got hit in the head by a bird? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Royal Hale, the horse she was riding for Tony Gollan. She came around the home turn and this kamikaze seagull or something flew right into her head, but she still got the job done. Now, Georgie does a lot of work for Tony Gollan, uh, rides around uh, these provincial tracks such as the Gold Coast and Ipswich and the Sunshine Coast and even uh, further out in some of those country areas as well. She got the call up for Garibaldi last week when Ryan Maloney hurt himself after the start on Swiss Exile in an earlier race. Uh, did a great job, did a fantastic job. And it, it just shows when, when people put confidence in you like Tony did, uh, Georgie was well up to the task. So she gets my three votes, the Garibaldi call up, all the pressure on her. Everyone tipped it. Everyone was on it, was backed into $1.80 or so, uh, absolutely crunched, and she rode it a treat. So Georgie Cartwright, three votes. Desley Forster with her two wins, XO Lady and Apache Chase winning the gateway, as we all thought. Uh, Desley gets two votes. And Ben Thompson's ride, now a little bit biased here, Sam. Ben Thompson's ride on Totally Charmed uh, to win the bribery, the uh, the listed bribery over 1,000 metres. He hadn't ridden that horse before. 
the sort of horse that needs to be uh, the run needs to be timed to perfection. I mean, you're a jockey, you know, you got to sit on these horses and wait and wait and wait because he's only got or he's only got a sharp short sprint has totally charm. Steph Thornton, his partner, had ridden it many, many times. So he had a bit of intel there, but he rode it a treat. And at the 300-meter mark, the only horse you wanted to be in just needed to get the gap, and the gap came. So Georgie, three votes. Desley, two votes. Ben Thompson, one vote. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with what you say about uh, Georgie. It's, um, uh, you know, she's done a, a great job, and she's had to do the hard yards since getting here. I mean, there's no doubt that early doors, um, she got some good opportunities, and then she hit a bit of a flat period, and yep. she was going up to Toowoomba and riding on a Saturday night. She was just she's just going wherever she could, you know, yep. uh, to, to get a ride. And, and you know, it's... What we saw last weekend, you know, when you're a good talent and, and you get good opportunities, um, you, you rise back up to the top. And that's, um, you know, that's what she showed last week with the soapy bubble. And, and, and you think, there you go, you know, like it was not that long ago that she was sort of, just, like I say, just not getting the opportunities yeah. that maybe she should have or, yeah. you know, she's because she's a really good talent. She, she is. And she's um good horsewoman, you know, really – uh, you know, I, I think when you see horses travel well for, I, I you know, I, I, I watched this, um, watch Jamie Carr, who's a, obviously a fantastic jockey down in Victoria and, and, and you go, you know, why do horses run so well for her? And she just gets horses to travel beautifully in the run. She, you never see her pull her pushing and shoving yep. or pulling horses about in the run. And, and Georgie's very much like that also, you know, horses just. They get into rhythm, is that right? Yeah, tra- horses travel sweetly for her, and and you know it's uh, it's why it's why they uh, bang out the winners like they do. Now, uh, bit of a fail of me at the start of the show because uh, Mark Braybrook always runs through what is on for the weekend, doesn't oh, he? That's and we've got four weeks to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> I must uh, I must say that it's a big weekend of racing uh, here in Queensland. That's for sure. Sunshine Coast uh, on tonight. Uh, Albion Park also today, uh, Ipswich and Townsville Greyhounds. Tomorrow, what a day. Uh, Eagle Farm, Mackay, Gold Coast, uh, Toowoomba tomorrow night, Gladstone-esque Atherton. Uh, Albion Park tomorrow night, as always, and Ipswich Greyhounds. And then Sunday, Sunny Coast races along with Warwick, uh, Marburg Trots, and then Albion Park and Capalabar Greyhounds. So it's just on that. Plenty to bet on. Capalabar Greyhounds on Sunday, Semi. National Straight Track Championships at Capalabar. Uh, Queensland representatives, Deck 52 and Impact. Obviously, winners from all around the country over the straight track. $25,000 to the winner. Not bad. Wow. Doesn't quite measure up to the 750000 for the Phoenix at the Meadows tomorrow night, but 25000 I'd take it. Wow. Have you been to Capalaba? Oh, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I know that you do listen to the show. Jeez, I thought I got rid of him for four weeks. <laughs> no, so, I haven't. Big weekend Have of you. Uh, <laughs> no, I haven't. But I actually, uh, it's not that far away. I'll is pick it? you up Capalba. on the way. Yeah, I think we should head out there one day and uh, have have a bet. How many of these country tracks have you been to since you've been here? Have you been to um, Gimpy? Uh, I haven't been to Gympie. You've been to Esk? Uh, I haven't been to Esk. There's I'm... a lot that I haven't been to. i tell you where the, the um, furthest away that I've been, I uh, went to Mount Isa. Wow. That, that was that, 42 degrees today, Mount Isa. I heard that the was a weekend, I tell you. Uh, yeah, that that was, uh, stayed there a couple of days in Mount Isa and the, uh, went to Fred Brophy's oh, boxing, boxing tent. Yep. Uh, it was That was a uh, big highlight of that trip and uh, 
good day of racing uh, where they were winning all over the place uh, across the track. And, uh, yeah, gee, it was, uh, it was warm. It was really warm. So uh, Mount Isa is about the furthest I've been. But, um, uh, yeah, I think Warwick is uh, really – I only went to – I went to uh, Warwick, uh, I think it would have been their last meeting. And uh, with uh, went, I'm good mates with Nathan Grubby Day mm-hmm. and uh, – Grubby rode a couple of winners that day. It was actually on his birthday. And, uh, yeah, we loaded the car up and uh, and uh, went to Warwick, and we had a great day uh, out there. So, um, And they're racing again on Sunday. So uh, get around that, Warwick I want, races. want to get to Gympie. want to get to Gympie. Uh, it's a sand track at Gympie. And I'm sure, I've said this to Mark before, I'm sure I read one day that they were having harness racing there on the sand. Now, that would be really? Like, that would be like harness racing on the beach. I, yeah. I just don't see, unless it's been watered, how they could possibly do that, but I'm sure I saw it once. You'd reckon the tyres would get uh, bogged in the sand, wouldn't you? Gee, yeah. it's. Uh... I think you'd, you'd want to be on the wet sand. That'd be okay. But when it was dry, you know, it's like running on dry sand. You just bogged down. Yeah, that's too hard for sure. That'd be uh, tough work. Well, we better take a break, uh, and we'll come back on the other side. We're going to have a chat to Graham Hall, G Hall. It's a famous name in uh, in horse racing in the gallops, but Graham uh, is a. Famous name in the greyhound world, and he's got some handy dogs uh, in his team. We're going to take a quick break now. Welcome back to The Punter's Mate. Friday morning, uh, December 17, and thanks very much to the Tab Queensland Summer Racing Carnival. It's arrived. So it's uh, that time of the year, Chris, isn't it? Uh, as we've spoken about, uh, we've got some good races and it's all such a big build-up to, to that week of Magic Millions where there is just so much on offer. They're probably, you would have to say, the fortnight leading into the Magic Millions, isn't it? You know, yeah, like yeah. It's, there is so much to do, uh, whether it be in Brisbane or, or down on the Gold Coast. Well, Boxing Day onwards, we get some really good racing. We're racing, <coughs> excuse me, we're racing at Doombin on uh, Boxing Day. And the two-year-old race there, the McLaughlin's really shaping up as being a, 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 the best guide we're going to get heading into the Magic Millions. And I don't know if you caught this horse the other day, Swiss Exile. Wow. That's uh, Eagle Farm. Wow, we. Poor old Ryan Maloney uh, copped an injury, but uh, gee, it was, a, it was a, a very good ride. We'll talk about that a bit later on, a very good run. So we've got Graham Hall uh, on the line to have a chat about uh, his kennel. And Graham... Uh, dogs are going well in your camp. I can hear them. Yeah, very nicely. Thank you very much. We're very pleased with the way things are going. Now, Graham, uh, you're off to, well, are you at the uh, Meadows or in, are you in Melbourne yet? You're off to the Meadows, uh, obviously, tomorrow night to watch Spotted Elk. Uh, are you heading down shortly or are you there already? Oh, no, we've been here since, um, well, we've been here for 10 days now. Oh, okay. Yeah. How are you finding the Melbourne weather? Different. <laughs> I'd forgotten what it was like, and you get reminded very quickly once you get here. <laughs> a little, in, a little inconsistent, a little bit cool, and sometimes a little bit yeah. hot. Yeah, yeah, more cool than anything at the moment. This time of year, it's actually, I think it's quite cool for this time of the year. Graham, just uh, excuse my ignorance in, in not knowing a lot about uh, the greyhounds, but um, when, when you. Uh, this is something that, that uh, I was thinking about this morning. When you uh, come from Queensland, obviously, down, go down south to the cooler weather or, or you know, training, training your team up here in Queensland in the heat, how much uh, do you, you know, how, how different is it with the training of greyhounds according to the weather? Well, the weather plays a big impact on the dog's weight and the weight's very critical to us. So we had to compensate for that. Yep. Uh, that's the, hence the reason we wanted to be here. 
uh, almost two weeks in advance of the race. So the dogs get acclimatised. We get to see how they handle the different weather. Uh, yeah, and and uh, we've got to we've got to accommodate them that way. And so, would you say that um, up here in you know when you're at home up here in Queensland is you're not doing as much with the dogs? Oh, yeah, similar work rate, similar yep. work rate. You just got to be mindful of the the impact the cold has on the dog and their weight yep. in particular. Yeah, right. Uh, that's been an issue for us. We've had to uh, had to compensate and adjust our feeding accordingly. Uh, to make sure the dog maintains their, their racing weight. Graham, how did you get into the greyhound training scene? Oh, look, it's a long story, but uh, I've been married over 40 years and my wife's father had greyhounds. Prior to that, I had nothing to do with greyhounds. I, uh, I always had horses or cattle. I was involved with animals all my life, basically. But when I got married and uh, we got involved with uh, with Blair and the wife and, and um, the, her father had greyhounds and we started from there. Now, I see you're a policeman for 30 years. Uh, how did you juggle being a policeman with uh, training greyhounds? Oh, look, in those years, we, we were only very small time. We had uh, a couple of dogs. It was a hobby, but it was a good hobby for me because policing is a very, very taxing um, job. And, and to have two lives, if you like, I had my me, me police life and I had the greyhounds, which gave me a different look on, outlook on life. And uh, they were a very good balancing act for me to get through those years. And how many dogs do you currently have in the stable or in the kennel, should I say? Oh, oh look, we've got about 25 at the moment, but we've only got five uh, five that we're working on as race dogs. The rest are youngsters coming through. Now, this uh, race tomorrow night, it's worth a lot of money, $750,000 to the winner. That would have to make uh, a little bit of a difference to your life. Oh, I think that might be a life-changing uh, event if that were to occur. At this point in time, we're just looking down the barrel and starting the race and see what happens. What would you do? Have you thought about it? You surely have thought about it. Oh no, no, no! I can't even. I can't even think about that at the moment. <laughs> when the, when the lids come up and the field spreads out and we see where we are in the field, then I can start thinking about it. But it'll be a long thirty seconds, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked at the the uh, prize money breakdown. What's second, third, and fourth? Do you know? Have you looked at that? Yeah, second's a hundred. Uh, I think third's eighty, and fourth sixty five. So it's it's you know it's a nice. Nice race to stand on the podium in. Yeah, top four finish should be fantastic, that's for sure. Oh, would be lovely. Would be lovely. Well, Graham, uh, best of luck. And, uh, yeah, we look look forward. Well, we're going to watch with interest and, and uh, hope, hope uh, you get a great run for your money. And, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, we'll all be cheering up here. So uh, best of luck. Look, thanks very much. We just uh, hope the little girl acquits herself well in the race and what will be will be. Racing's a funny game, but uh, let's just hope for the best, eh? You're yeah, not wrong there. Well done. Good luck, Graham. That's uh, $750,000 first prize. That's the Phoenix at the Meadows tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. Queensland time, 8.30 p.m. Daylight Saving Time, Race 8, Box 3, Spotted Elk. Sam, tune Chris, in. Chris, there's a few dog bickies in that, isn't there, oh. hey? 750 fatties. Wow. I'd wait. be happy with fourth, 65 large. Yeah. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Fantastic. Okay, we're off to a break now. We'll come back on the other side and we'll get some... Uh, no, we won't no, go we're for gonna a keep, break. We're, we're going to keep, keep rolling. rolling. We'll keep rolling because we're that good. We don't want to stop. <laughs> right, now, uh, I'll some uh, a bit of an update that came through uh, earlier in the week, Sam. Uh, prize money increases uh, in the winter carnival. I know we're in the summer carnival, but here's some uh, winter carnival prize increases. And we've all... Price money increases. The Queensland Derby was 600000 now goes to a million. 
Uh, the Doomben Cup was seven hundred, now goes to a million. The Queensland Oaks goes from six hundred to seven hundred thousand. The BRC Sprint goes from one seventy five to two fifty, and the Morton Cup goes from two hundred to two fifty. Now, not to forget the provincial areas. Uh, oh, sorry, this one isn't. The Tatch Tiara, this is the final Group 1 always of the season at Eagle Farm for the Phillies and Mares. That goes from six to 700. The Eyeliner at Ipswich. Have you been out at Ipswich for Eyeliner Day or Ipswich I have, Cup? I have. I reckon uh, it's Ips- a bit crazy. Ipswich Cup Day is, is huge, and obviously that marquee out in the middle um, is like a rave party. Um, and, yeah, it was it's full on because um, I think a few that are jumping around out in that marquee out in the middle, they they don't even get to see a horse or see a horse race. But did you get into it's, that? It's, it's just on. I I uh, I did the uh, pony interviews at a couple of Ipswich Cup meetings, and uh, yeah, it was uh, there's some uh, funny sights that's for sure. And uh, I tell you what, when the, um, the I think there was the first year there was a blue out in that out in that marquee out out in the middle. And it was like the SWAT team arrived, like they're <laughs> bolting across the crossing. I'm, you know, and I'm riding this pony round to the barriers. Then next thing, these police come charging across the track, and they're all bolting out to the middle. And uh, sure enough, they uh, grabbed a couple of uh, unruly characters from the from the middle, and they were dragging them out uh, in the uh, in the headlock. And yeah, I'm sure that they had a tough night ahead of them, those boys. But uh, they just obviously went a little bit too far. But it, uh, it's a great day, uh, Ipswich Cup day. And yeah, I, I think it's actually uh, one of the most popular race days here in Queensland. It, it is attendance yeah. wise. It, it obviously gets a massive crowd. And um, yeah, Ipswich. Um, is not far out of town at all, is it? So it's could, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's you know it's a it's a big race day for for that whole area. I could see you in the mosh pit there, Sam. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, it's uh, it's a bit of a tricky track too, isn't it? Ipswich. Oh, um, Jim Byrne rides it so well. Jimmy Orman rides it well too yeah. these days. Yeah, uh, but Jimmy Byrne was the man. It's yeah. uh, there's quite a few times you go there confident, uh, confident for the day and walk away and just go, how did that win? So, uh, it, yeah, it can happen. Just before we go for a break, a couple of others. The Well, we talked about Ipswich Cup Day. The Eyeline has got the increase from 175 to 200. And the Wing Skinnies at the Sunshine Coast also 175 to $200,000. Yeah, we love a big day at the sunny coast and such a, a great track. So we're going to take a break now. When we come back on the other side, we'll have a tra- No, we're not going to do the break. We're going to keep we're going to rolling. Go, geez, we're, we're going to go straight to uh, Scott Cross. Yeah, let's get to Scott Cross. Freshen up your punting this summer with CrossBet, Australia's freshest sports betting app. Download the CrossBet app today and gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Scott, you've, Good morning. Got, you've got an update for us on the Ashes. We do. Uh, Australia resumed this morning at 2 for 221. Uh, Marnus Labuschagne hopefully gets his ton today. He starts at 95. Smith also there at 18. Look, the odds are heavily stacked uh, in Australia's favour with such a good start at $1.40. Uh, the draws come in somewhat from $6 to $3.60. And England's blowing out to $13. <clears throat> I think their only chance is a hope is for them is the rain. Is there any rain forecast? Absolutely none. <laughs> <laughs> NFL, Scott, uh, the Chiefs and the Chargers. Yeah, we're getting towards the pointy end of the season, coming into playoffs. Look, the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes take on the LA Chargers at home. The line is negative three. Kansas City Chiefs at $1.56. I just think Patrick Mahomes gets it done very easily today. 
Now, at Eagle Farm uh, tomorrow, the, the Loch Ness Stakes, race number eight, if Alligator Blood was the horse that we knew he was going back uh, a year or two ago, he would win this by the length of the straight. But he's not. Has there been any support for him? Very little. Look, at 61 kilos, we all know weight will stop a train. I just, you know, I, I think Alligator Blood is going to be too big of an ask. Look, the favourite and the biggest danger is Tumbler Ridge. Uh, as you could imagine, that's the biggest hold for us uh, at the moment. However, one that everyone seems to be overlooking is the Christian Anderson trained Profit. Its first up form is fantastic. Its form at Eagle Farm and over that distance is fantastic as well. At $7, I reckon your money should be going towards Profit. Yeah, it's a good call with Profit. He's, uh, he's a horse that uh, can fire first up and, and uh, he's always had, uh, he's always been very popular up here, hasn't he, Chris? Yeah. Uh, Profit? He was, but he's burnt a few punters now. <laughs> In those famous he, colours. He uh, might be very popular with uh, uh, the, the corporate bookmakers, such as that's why Scott likes him. Yeah, that's why he's very popular. Well, uh, and I also think Alligator Blood's had it over him twice. I think they raced at the three year old Guineas, Magic yeah. and also the Vogue. So maybe it's a time that uh, Profit turns the tables. Maybe. Scott, maybe. all the best for the weekend. Uh, we've got a big weekend of racing, but uh, yeah, I uh, uh, hope it's a winning one for you guys. Take care. All the best. Thanks, Scott. Just on, um, just on profit, Sam. Chris Anderson has said many, many times, don't go near him unless it's a race with speed. And there's no speed in that race, really. Mm. That's what worries me with him. Yes, he has got a good first up record. And he's always shown good ability. Likes Eagle Farm. But I've only got Stamp. Stamp, he goes forward. Tumbler Ridge will probably roll forward. And Alligator Blood will find a spot. But there's no... Stampy's the only leader in the race. Do you give him a sniff? I like him, Stampy, in this race. I, I do. I've got him in for third, actually. I do okay. give him a chance. Yeah. yeah. And if he's able to bowl along and kick on the turn... Yeah, he'll take some running down for sure. Yeah, I, th- I thought uh, I thought he could he could run really well, Stampy, and the and the Chris Munts team is uh, in yeah. good form, and he's just you know those last couple of runs have been sound. He, he he's uh, definitely got the the hoof on the till, and I think uh, I think with the right run, he can get away with one of these good races. That's for sure. I tell you, uh, if Tony Gollan had a run baller in this race, and he's saving it, I think, for um, Magic Millions Day now, but if baller had been in this race 1,400 metres, it would have been the best bet of all time. Put, all your, ha- time. put your house on it, Chris. I don't know that I'd go that far, because that's not gambling <laughs> responsibly, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> what does Taggart say? The more you bet, the, the more, more you, you win get. or something like that, the more you get. That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, I must have some news coming up very shortly. We've got a minute to the news. Anything else you'd like to talk about, Sam? We've, we've gone through the uh, the Greyhounds. Uh, I mentioned that race at Capella Bar. I mentioned the race at uh, at the Meadows tomorrow night. I mentioned the prize money increase. What else can I mention? You're all over it. I, I think um, a couple of these uh, races on Saturday for Eagle Farm, they're smaller fields, aren't they? They're, yeah. uh, you know, and so tempo is going to be... Uh, the key to a few of these races. You know, we see often see in small fields just a, a moderate yep. uh, tempo and, uh, yeah, can can throw up su- surprise results, that's for sure. And, um, yeah, I, I think uh, it's it's a good day of racing, but it's, you know, that they're definitely going to be tricky, a couple of these races. Yeah, they are. They are. And you say tempo will be all important. Okay, we're off to a break now. When we come back on the other side... We're going to have a chat to... Trent Edmonds. Trent Teddy Edmonds. Looking <laughs> forward to it. Sam Highland here uh, filling in for Mark Braybrook, who is on a well-earned <clears throat> break, freshening up. And I have Chris Nelson, the superstar tipster, mm-hmm. who has his follow, fold or forgive to uh, 
put to his list this week. Chris O. Sam. Your fold horse is so taken. Should have been folded years ago, this horse. Look, he needs a wet track, and even when he got one the other week, he was uh, he was dominated by Kubrick. So I don't know if that's a really good um, – Really good for your reputation, but so taken, fold up. He had every chance, I thought, in the first race last week. Yes, the track didn't probably play in his favour, and he was back in the field, but how long can you keep tipping or backing so taken? He was just plain, wasn't he? Was. You know, when no you watch on. that Smart Meteor, well, that was Smart Meteor's race, yeah, wasn't and it? And it's no star either. When when you see where it was halfway up the straight, they, they were alongside each other, you know, obviously across the track, but he just didn't kick on. No, you he know? did nothing. It, no, can't have uh, it. Yeah. He's been to Sydney. Now he's here. I think next stop next stop will be uh, Rocky or somewhere like that for him. But anyway, <laughs> he's gone in the bin. Swiss Exile, this two-year-old of uh, Annabelle Neesham's. Oh, this was a good run, Sam. This this is a horse that uh, didn't jump well, uh, was clear last. Ryan Maloney, I think, hit his leg somehow. They wanted to buck jump shortly yeah, after the start. Yeah, humped up, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did. And, uh, and then ran on into third. Looked like it could win still with 100 metres to go. It was an outstanding run. I can't wait till we got uh, Ryan Maloney on the Betfair Edge tomorrow morning. So we'll ask him what he thinks of the horse. But gee, it was good uh, to the eye, wasn't it? There was no doubt that uh, you know when you watch that horse come out like he did, and obviously uh, he's a bit tricky and a bit cheeky. And and had Pug have got fair income on him and given him a, a boot in the belly, you know, I think I think he would have got fair income because yeah. he was. Uh, you know, he looked like uh, he was ready to, to, you know, he was sort of playing as he was bunny hopping, but you thought you only need a bit of encouragement and, and you'll uh, you'll throw throw Pug straight to the outhouse, that's for sure. <laughs> well, beaten by half a length officially, should have won the race and is definitely one to follow. Tycoon Evie. Now, Tycoon Evie ran third in the just now behind East Asia and eloquently. Now, they went hard in this race and she was probably exposed, I think, too early. Uh, she is looking for further, probably than thirteen hundred metres. But uh, with a quieter ride, I think she probably would have won that race last week. What do you think? Yeah, I, th- I mean, watching that race, I just thought, gee, she was brave, wasn't she? She, you know, she she was uh, obviously right there on straightening, and then and then trying to hold them off, and then they came flying down the outside. They got over yeah. top of her, but she she stuck on really well, and with the right run in the race. Uh, you know, with everything going her way, uh, she's going to be really hard to beat. That's for sure. Garibaldi was good winning the uh, the class six, but it was his race. You love you love that Garibaldi. I do love Garibaldi. Win, yeah, Mark's not here this well, week. Well, I, I was with this horse. You're about to mention Garoppolo. I was with him. How good was he first up? I, you know, I never forget the day he won. I think it was mm. at the Sunny Coast, and uh, and I interviewed Rubby Frad, and you know, Rubby Frad has he has ridden some seriously good horses over his time, and he got off that horse, and it was off air that he said to me. This can gallop. This yep. this this can gallop. And for Robbie Fred to say that, I I walked away and thought, gee, you know, like for him to say that about this horse, uh, he as I say, he's ridden some seriously good horses uh, throughout his career, and gee, he it was a good ride on this horse. You know, he was back in the run, yep. saved all the ground, but. He looked super, didn't he? He likes Eagle Farm too. Yeah. He did win there during the carnival. That might have been after that Sunny Coast win because he, he brought that form to town. He, he's a really good, strong finishing horse, Garoppolo. So we'll certainly be following him. So fold up on So Taken, following Swiss Exile, Tycoon Evie, Garoppolo. And just before 
we chatted Trent Edmonds, Sam, Scott Cross, who we spoke to before the news. <laughs> he texted me through to say, full disclosure here, he's a part owner of Profit. <laughs> That's why he tipped it. So there wow, you go. wait. Good luck to Scott. Hope our Profit runs really well tomorrow at Eagle Farm. Yeah, uh, and, you know, you, you touch on the fact that um, there's not a lot of speed in that race and, and often – you know, quite often, tempo plays a big part in, in so many races, but so often jockeys will sit in the jockey's room and go through the form and then go, gee, there's, there's no speed in this. And then next thing, there's three or four that go, you know, and it, it can ha- it happens time and time again. And, uh, yeah, so so as you say, he, he is suited, he's best suited when he gets uh, speed on. Let's hope a few jockeys uh, decide to... Put the uh, handlebars down and, and roll along. I can hear Trent Teddy Edmonds, who is uh, sire of the year with uh, the <laughs> arrival of uh, his baby daughter, Penelope. P, is it? P for short, Teddy? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's the one thing. How's, how's, far, how's fatherhood treating you? Take, take, it to it like, yeah. take it to it like a duck to water? Yeah, no, it's been good, mate. It's been uh, it's been good. Um, I'm, I'm just very lucky that Nat's uh, such a good mother. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. I know that feeling. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, trying times, but also great fun. That's for sure. Especially uh, early doors. But uh, lucky you're used to getting out of bed. Uh, he don't early. sleep anyway. Hey, he wouldn't sleep anyway, Trent. Uh, well, he's, <laughs> he's he's got a bit on his plate. Stable's going well, Trent. Yeah, um, oh, look, it's been a little bit quiet, mate, but we're starting to um, sort of build build back up again and um, hopefully over the next couple of months, you know, a number of runners and um, obviously hopefully winners. But uh, early part of the season, pretty pretty ordinary, but um, starting to get a steady flow again now. Trent, can you give us an update on the Herovian? Yep, uh, took good benefit from that first up run. Uh, he's going to go to the Burnborough. Um, I think Ben Thompson rides due to Brad's suspension. Uh, Ben's in good form at the moment. The horse mm. is in super form. And, uh, you know, dropping down in weight would certainly be no no hassle at all. Obviously, uh, we all seen the run the other day. He might have just uh, peaked on his run a little bit, but put into the race uh, quite early because the leader got away with murder. And, um, you know, it's always going to be hard to sort of run them down. Trent, you talk about Ben Thompson uh, going on board. You mix your jockeys up uh, for a big team. You you use a variety of different jockeys. Yeah, um, the chocolate wheel gets a fair spin, but <laughs> <laughs> um, as as with most trainers. But no, look, um, I suppose it's a it's a void that we've sort of struggled with, and and you take it for granted once sort of Jeff Lloyd, who was obviously uh, our stable rider for majority of his time up here, uh, once he retired. You sort of take that for granted. He was just that good. Um, you know, uh, he, he beat majority of these guys with with just his tactical um, awareness, and, um, and then he, you know, would uh, you know get the job done and, and ride the horses exactly how he said he was going to, and things would work out pretty well all the time. But um, ever since then, we've been sort of mixing and matching and trying to find best rider for you know, best rider to suit certain horses, that's for sure. I wouldn't want to be the jockey that has to steer Frederick the Dane, Trent. He he is a really hard ride, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, he was pretty good he Wednesday, breaking the track record yeah. there. Um, obviously would have won by further, or would have looked a lot more visually impressive had he uh, gone straight. But 
Robbie's comments post race were that he just he was that far in front of him, he just let him let him drift out. He didn't want to upset his momentum and try and drag him about and and whatnot. So um, the job was essentially done, but uh, it got a little bit of trick in him. I thought I was pretty upset he got beaten first up. To be fair, I thought uh, he was an absolute lay down and um, that didn't work out quite well. Um, but Robbie got the tactics right the other day. You know the old saying you hear it all the time. Peter Moody's one of his great sayings, let fast horses run fast. And that's what he done on Wednesday. He just let rip on him and uh, got the job done. So that was awesome. And uh, he learnt from one ride to the next. So no, he, uh, he's got a future up here for sure. Three important runners at Eagle Farm tomorrow. You kick it off in race number six. Uh, Cherry, is that the right pronunciation for this horse? Yep, certainly is. Yeah. Cherry. Yep. Okay. It comes off a good win last time out. No reason can't uh, repeat the dose. I wouldn't have thought tomorrow. Yeah, I believe you're right. Uh, certainly hasn't taken a backward step since that win at the Sunshine Coast. Um, that just worked out perfectly for him with Eyelight and Elisa's Dream the other day going 100 mile an hour. Um, he showed good gate speed and then essentially had the drop on him uh, and wore him down late. One thing that's quite important with this horse is he's not overly big, so keeping him down in the handicaps um, is ideal, hence why we've sort of gone a little bit further up in grade than we normally would um, to a benchmark 85, but he's down on the minimum 54. I think that's perfect for him. A little bit of a space between runs also good. And um, you know, he's only had one crack at Eagle Farm, so you know, largely unknown. But I will say that that track at the Sunshine Coast the other day was uh, frighteningly fast. Mm. And, um, you know, he got through that quite well. So I don't see any reason as to why he couldn't repeat the dose tomorrow, providing he gets a little bit of luck early. Now, the gold edition is very competitive, as you would imagine. You've got the mayor, oh, sorry, the filly here, Mimi Lagarde, second up. She was really good winning first up. You were very confident. I saw you all over social media before that run saying she was going to win, and she did. What are your confidence levels like? And why she had the break between runs? Is that planned? No, it wasn't planned. Um, but if she had run in the mode, she wouldn't have run Saturday. She would have gone sort of a month between runs to the Vaux Rogue and then Magic Millions Day. She unfortunately had a slight foot abscess um, post her final gallop uh, prior to the mode and it just took a couple of days to sort of settle down and basically 24 hours after the after the race that she was supposed to run in, she'd been fine. So, um, you know, full steam ahead. I don't mind Eagle Farm for her. Well, obviously, it's a bit of an unknown. She's never been there, but you would think her racing pattern would be conducive to her racing well at Eagle Farm, you know, settle second half of the field, follow something into the race and get down the middle of the track. Uh, nice big track should be ideal for her. We've put blinkers on. Um, we've always thought she was a blinker filly. Uh, and we're just sort of playing a little bit of catch up there because we missed the run in the mo. We need prize money for Magic Millions Day. So we've gone to the blinkers probably a couple of runs earlier than we were thinking of, but, um, you know, nothing lost in that. You know, she's pretty smart filly. I would uh, be terribly disappointed if she wasn't fighting the finish out. I'm pretty pretty bullish about her. Excellent. Indian Dreamer in the last, uh, well fancied in the market. Uh, I have to say, I'll declare that I gave up on this horse a while back, uh, Trent. Gets back, runs on, but gee, I can't catch him. Yeah, he's been highly frustrating for punters, owners, trainers. Trainers. For the lot of us, um, you know, that day at the Gold Coast when he finally begun well and um, put himself into the race and he, he went horribly. Mm. 
that was very frustrating, but he pulled up with a sort of low-grade virus out of that. Um, you know, his first up run, Gold Coast, the other day, if he had any luck, uh, he probably should have nearly won the race. But I like him at a mile at Eagle Farm. Big track, horse that sort of likes to be left alone early. Not a very big field. If we could be in front of a couple for once, that'd be good. If we could sort of be just a pair off midfield, that'd be great. And I'm sure Ryan will give him a good ride. Um, you know, it looks a lovely race for him, to be fair. Trent, just before we go to a break, do you tackle the Bruce Highway for tonight, pedal to the metal? <laughs> Mate, I'm going the opposite direction. Uh, oh, Lismore. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to Lismore uh, and doing battle down there. The, the Bruce you Highway chicken, Friday you afternoon. You chicken. <laughs> yeah, no thank you. <laughs> Especially holiday time. Yep, exactly. It'll be a five-hour trip. Yeah. Best of luck for the weekend, Trent, and uh, great to see the stable in such good form. So all the best. Thanks, lads. Cheers, that. Good on you, Trent. There is Trent Edmonds. Uh, we're going to take a quick break now, and we're coming up to win the home straight, Chris. We're yeah. in the home straight, the final furlong. Speaking of home straight, we'll find some winners after and, the break. Uh, beautiful. As I said, we're in the final furlong, and in that final furlong today, we must mention uh, the weekend forecast. and. How it's looking for you, Chris? Are you confident this weekend? Uh, not as confident as last weekend, Sam. But just on that, you said final furlong. Did you ever play that game, final furlong? I did. How yeah. good was that? I, it was uh, very popular. I used to get to Chadston and <laughs> give it a nudge, and um, uh, you know, it's it, it's funny actually being someone to, when you're standing um, to the back of whoever's riding the horse, and and you're going, "Wow, look at this lunatic! Look at the way they <laughs> they're trying to lift that horse up and down." and Punch the brains out of it. Uh, in the they're final not jockeys, films. and yeah, they're, they're well, cowboys. And, and but then yeah, well, but then then uh, you know it's like gee, I want to get involved here, and then <laughs> next thing you just can't get off. Just keep feeding the money in. Just I, keep feeding the money in. I tell you what, I got out of that game was how tiring it is. Yeah, and you think jockeys don't get? You <laughs> Can you imagine what of, it's like riding a real one? I know <laughs> it'd be ten times worse. You got off it, and you think you're gasping for breath. <laughs> anyway, Eagle Farm uh, tomorrow, of course. Best bet for me comes up in race three. Now, I think Tamalade looks nicely placed here, Sam. Uh, Les Kelly trains. Sammy Collett, who's been going really well. Yeah, uh, she has. She's a I... lovely girl, great personality. Uh, I wish her all the best. And she's really starting to kick a few goals now. She's getting the rides, which is good. You, know, you, need, you need some good rides. Uh, and she's got one, <clears throat> excuse me, she's got one here with Tamalade. Uh, I thought the run first up at Ipswich was good. Ran third behind Palaya Pan. Uh, Palaya Pan ran second last week in the Gateway as I just go for a quick sip of water. So just give me one second here. Talk amongst yourself. She is a great talent and, and uh, you know, uh, it's, I, I've watched a couple of those winners since, um, you know, straight away from since getting here and starting uh, the rides that she's getting. She puts them in the right she spot does. and, and uh, you know, just uh, she's got that uh, really uh, unique Kiwi style and, you know, really shove along and, and not super aggressive as far as, you know, um, with the whip, but just urging the horse, they, they respond so well. And, uh, yeah, she's she's going to ride bags of winners, that's for sure. And, of course, she's won a couple of group ones over two miles in New Zealand, so she's very good on a stayer as well, so keep that in mind. Uh, Tamalade, as I said, best bet race three, number five, probably $2 slightly better. Now, here's a few each way. Don't know if you'd have much on this each way. It's only a field of seven, but I think he can run first or second. That's number four in race four, Humboldt Current. 
He's not the uh, most honest of horses, but I did like his first start run at Sunshine Coast in the Mooloola Bar Cup. Second up run was very flat, but he gets to 2,200. A lot of these have no form and haven't won over the trip, and he loves this track. Uh, I can see him running a race here for Jimmy Burns. So number four, Humboldt Current in race four. Uh, what did you think of Jackson on time? Have you seen uh, his couple of runs uh, to date? He goes around in the gold edition plate, race seven. This is a very good race, far too easy. Uh, obviously, we'll start favourite with Rhapsody Rose at such. Uh, Mimi Lagarde, Trent gave us a good rap for her earlier on. But this Jackson on time, Scott Morrissey trains, Jimmy Byrne will ride. Two starts. The first one of those ran third at the Gold Coast in a Magic Millions lead-up race in January behind Finance Tycoon and Shakiro. Shakiro, of course, came out and won the Millions the next week, and he was charging to the line. Sent for a long break. He reappeared in the Winnick Rupert a couple of weeks ago. Long last. He sat fourth in that first race. He was long last this time around, but, gee, did he find the line again? He was hurtling down the outside. Eagle Farm, have to suit him, Sam. Yeah, I think it'll suit uh, nicely. It's a really good race, this race, isn't it? Just mm. the field of 10, but good depth to it. And, and you know, speaking to Trent uh, just then, he, he was uh, – he spoke glowingly about Mimi Lagarde, didn't he? Did. he? Yeah, yeah. She's had the slight setback, obviously, and missed it run, but – yeah, he didn't seem to think that would uh, affect her chances tomorrow. The other one there worth noting is far too easy. Uh, five starts, four wins, could be five from five. Uh, trainer and part owner David McComb has knocked back some pretty big offers from Hong Kong with far too easy. So he obviously thinks that uh, he's a horse with a big future, and I'm inclined to agree. We go to the last race. Now, this one's got me in. I don't know how long I'll keep following this horse for. If she lets me down soon, I'll jump straight off. But number 10, lethal warning for Golan and Ben Thompson. Now, she won on debut at uh, Eagle Farm going back uh, earlier in the year. She came with a massive run down the outside, blew them all away in her maiden and was unfancied by everyone, including the stable. Had a couple of subsequent runs. They were fine. Sent for a break. Resumed with a fourth at the Sunshine Coast two weeks ago on a Friday night. Bit hard to ride in the straight. Bit of an effort for uh, for Ben Thompson, but uh, got going late. Like the way she stretched out. She's by Lucas Cranach, so going to look for further than 1,600 metres, but it is 200 metres further than that first start run, so... Happy to go with her in the last lethal warning race, nine, number 10 each way. What about tonight, uh, the sunny coast, Chris? There's a, a good two-year-old race to start the cart. Yeah, there is. We haven't got a two-year-old race at um, Eagle Farm tomorrow, so it's just good that we got this one tonight. And there's some very promising types in it. Golden Art, he's only had the one start, ran second, a very good second, and has since trialled really well at the Gold Coast. Have a look at his latest trial. He just powered away from them. And we've got this horse of uh, Dan Bagore's Better Go Lightly, number nine, who's... Uh, was heavily backed a few weeks ago, uh, dumped Michael Carl, I think it was, on the way to the barriers and uh, was a late scratching and then was all set to go around last week but unfortunately didn't get a run as an emergency. So better go lightly, a very interesting run at number nine. Golden Artie, a very interesting run at number three. And you've got some other ones you can throw in there. Even now was quite good last time out. And there's some other first starters who can run well. And a couple of Mashanis at the top. And they're always uh, worth course, including. Uh, of course, Leslie Gordon yeah. has got a couple of two-year-olds That's, up and about. It must be a cutest race. Mashanis <laughs> are ready to go. Uh, and they'll be hard fit and run to their best. That's uh, that's for sure. There's a, uh, a good trialer in there in the last race too, Sam, tonight. But he'll be short. Uh, race seven, number two, Kingston's here for O'Day and Hoisted. Bailey Notif uh, will ride 61 and a half kilos. 61 and a half over the 1,000-metre trip. Not as important as over a staying trip. Would I be right in saying that? Yeah, no, that's uh, that, that's there's no doubt about that. And, you know, just a small field. Uh, 
You know, he's, uh, well, the top weight's got 62, yeah. and then he's 61 and a half, 58 and a half for, for he's the new super famous on 56 and a half and, and ballistic man Mate. at 55 and a half who couldn't win. So, you know, um, it's almost like a trial, isn't it? Hence yep. the reason he's a dollar thirty. Yeah, is he a dollar thirty? Is he? Yep. I was looking at a dollar sixty in the paper. Thought that was good odds. Dollar thirty. I shouldn't be tipping him. Just the race to keep an eye on at Ramwick tomorrow. Race one. Uh, the jockey's handicap. Uh, number uh, number three here. Man in the mirror. Now this is a two-year-old race, and a few of these are heading towards Magic Millions. Now, Man in the Mirror cost $1.8 million earlier this year. Annabelle Neesham trains. It's a drink. It's yeah, a drink. It certainly is. <laughs> He'll need to get his act together pretty quickly, though, with the races only four weeks away. So he's looked good at the trials. The first trial was okay. Time was nothing flash. And again, the time was nothing flash at Randwick on Tuesday, but he looked to have a lot more under the bonnet there, Man in the Mirror. And you would hope that he did when he cost $1.8 million, Sam. That's for sure. Uh, Chris, I didn't mind in race seven, mm. number five, Amika. It's $6.50 today. And uh, drawn a good gate, I think it'll really appreciate uh, this at Randwick, of course. Uh, it'll appreciate uh, getting up to the mile. Yep. And I, I just think um, it's been good first up and, and, and second up. Uh, I thought it was good value in that race. And uh, I think it'll give it a bit of a shake. Um, the... Favourite, Francesco Gardi. Short. Uh, yeah, it is really short. And I, I think uh, I just thought Amika will be ready to step up uh, uh, third up. And, you know, if she gets a, an even tempo, she'll she'll come with a good finish. Uh, Flemington, um, yeah. I, I thought this meeting was a little bit disappointing as far as um, field sizes. It's, you know, it's, it's um, yeah, I thought it might have been better supported. But anyway... Uh, there's still plenty of winners to be found at that meeting. And I like uh, race six, number seven, yes, baby, yes, uh, second up. I think um, it'll have open-minded to press forward from gate eight. It'll probably lead. And then I think she'll slide, a cl- slide across and sit second. And I thought she was uh, good value. So I don't mind her, yes, baby, yes, at, the, at that Flemington meeting. Claire, Claire, as Chloe as a party? Yeah, coming over Perth? from Perth. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, it's good to the Corstens team. They Troy Corstens, he, he's always up for for doing something left field and finding a, a different jockey, and he's done that. Uh, you know, all the best to Chloe. Hope she um, makes a good fist of things uh, whilst in in Victoria in Melbourne. How long has she been in Melbourne for? Do you know? I think I watched her ride a winner a couple of weeks ago, so I think she's been there for a bit. Um, uh, yeah, and it's uh, gee, that's uh, just off the topic. Um, Perth borders. That that's a tricky topic, isn't it? <laughs> when's he when's doing. he gonna open up? February. February the fifth was the latest. Wow. So I don't know if that's it's the good, case. Good that we're all open here uh of course. in Brisbane and uh this week. Plenty plenty heading up. So uh uh looking forward to obviously Christmas time and, and uh you know, it's not far away until the big fella comes down the chimney, is it? Week, a week and a day, Sam. Outstanding work. Best of luck to everyone over the weekend. And uh, Chris, thanks very much. I hope I've uh, hope I've done Mark proud today. Done and a great job. We'll uh, we'll be back again next week for the punters, punters, mate. That's for sure. Friday morning. So all the best, punters. Good on you, Sam.